0: This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, six clickbaits about Star Trek you didn't know, but have to hear now. So I love Star Trek, I will admit it. I've loved it since I was a child. I was one of those kids watching the syndicated version of the original series and just going berserk over the idea of great big ships traveling through space. I'm just, just, there's no getting around it. If I have any solid geek credentials, it's in a Star Trek background. So when they announced that Star Trek was coming back, because of CBS All Access. I was so into it. I was so looking forward to it. I was so sure they couldn't possibly screw this up. I didn't even think of the possibility of them screwing this up. They have screwed this up so intensely badly that everyone I know who's an uber fan of Star Trek cannot figure out who this show is for. It's not Star Trek. It's barely science fiction. It's mostly Star Wars action schlock in space. And there's a few reasons why that may or may not surprise you. They startled the shit out of me. And I'm gonna share that today in what I'm calling six click you probably didn't know about the Star Treks. We'll have links for you to some of the things we're talking about in fresh shit in the description and we hope you enjoy as always let us know if there's anything you want to hear because we're doing this for you my man okay let's get on with the show how the hell are we good uh we don't have we don't have the plague well not uh, yet not that we know of
2: i could be a carrier for all i fucking know i mean shit I,
0: i tell you that uh uh that that shot that will protect us from COVID is just around the corner
2: Ah, I've been drinking bleach for four months now, and it's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, but what about COVID? (laughs) Oh, what what were we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey,
1: everybody, it's the Magnificent, the Huge Podcast. I'm Brian. This is Chris. I'm Eric. Hey.
0: Hey!
1: Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey.
2: Uh,
0: Yeah. where we talk about things and stuff that we've been doing, and it sounds like a COVID podcast, but in fact, this is what we do every week for years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's three guys,
0: three cities, all shit. (laughs) That's,
2: That's the new tagline.
0: You're welcome. Uh, Brian is from the city where COVID had its huge peak. Eric is from the city where the federal troops were arresting citizens in in lawful protest, and Chris is in Texas. Yeah,
2: which really <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's depressing.
1: Aren't you guys getting like two hurricanes? This week or something.
2: Oh, I don't know. Or at like, least people, the South is. every time the weather kicks up like that in the Gulf of Mexico, everybody in my family that doesn't live here is like, Are you going to be okay? And it's like, I have to explain every single time. That's like nine hours' drive away from here or something. I yeah. mean, it's just, <laughs> Texas is a very large state, and I yeah. am nowhere near the Gulf weather. So occasionally we get a storm that rolls through if the conditions are just right, but often we just. Pray for rain and never get rain, so yeah.
1: Yeah, so apparently the monsoon, uh, we really haven't had the monsoon here in Arizona this year at all, Uh, but it sounds like it beat the shit out of the Bay Area. They had like their big old dry lightning storms and winds and 100-degree temperatures, and nobody there has air conditioning, so I mean- it's yeah. been hot. Yeah. This is like a record hot year. It's, there's like more days over 115 it's, than we've ever had. It's so weird. But, when, you, when you talk yeah. to people
2: from other parts of the country that don't have air conditioning and having lived in Phoenix for so long, it's, it's almost just sort of like, what the hell are you doing without air conditioning? <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't yeah. even, I can't even wrap my head around that concept. So when it gets like 85 and people start dying, you're like, pussy.
1: Fuck. <laughs> so yeah,
0: it's a dry death. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At first. Uh. Welcome to the Magnificent Weather Podcast. Yeah. How's everybody?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's just let's talk fresh shit, fuck. This
1: shit is fresh. Oh shit! It is, fresh. This stuff is really fresh. All right. Who's going first? Oh.
0: Mine's real easy. Uh. Well, I. I got, go, Eric. i this is this is like from what a year or two ago but i finally like everyone else came to sort of the end of my netflix suggestions that i'll watch and so now i'm like spreading out and i watched the ballad of buster scruggs Ooh,
2: okay i enjoyed that that's coen brothers
0: it is yeah Uh, it's uneven as hell because it's an anthology yeah but it's it's like some of them aren't even really stories you know they're just they're just fucking around um the, the 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 one with um oh what's his name the guy who sings and he does the the the, the stardust Tom in his hair Tom um, Waits Tom the Tom Waits one is brilliant as the prospector um yeah. the 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 title episode on Buster Scruggs is excellent, but that one
2: I love. It's a parody because it's, yeah. it's like a Tom Mix western that devolves into this weird Tarantino exercise. It's yeah. so ridiculous. <laughs> and I
0: can kind of see that the whole thing is like e- each each episode goes from fable of the west and you know violence of the west, where fable is the strongest in the beginning, and everything slowly shifts power so that it's less fable, more realism. It's like taking you from mm-hmm. the fantasy into the reality with each story, and I'm like, okay, I kinda like that, but th- like the the one the one with the bank robber who Yeah keeps Frank- almost getting killed. With Franco. Like, eh. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, but but why? It's it's, it's like an extended knock knock joke. It's eh. you know, not a story. Well,
2: I like that it's they're just paying homage to all of the various types of yeah. westerns cuz you get the spaghetti western, you get the singing western, you get like the big epic western, you get sort of the uh Victorian sort of yeah. weird western ghost story you thing. You get the
0: boring because it was probably directed by Clint Eastwood western. Yeah. With uh <laughs> meal meal ticket. Meal ticket. I was like, yeah, but but okay, and it's like yeah. Yeah, well, there's I thought this was going to tie up with some story, you know, ultimately about the, the uh, um, Liam McNeeson. but no, nah, he just nah. throws the guy in a river. and. Uh, well, I mean, game. it's...
2: It, that one, to me, was indicative of something like a Bret Hart short story, so it's, you know, if you, if you aren't uh-huh. on board with that sort of thing, then, yeah, you're, you're not going to really dig it. Okay. I, lo- I, loved, I loved the whole exercise from start to finish, because I dig westerns, but just the fact that yeah. they did all of the various types of Westerners throughout cinematic history. uh, I thought was a
0: outrageous exercise. I I love Westerns. I at times love the Coen brothers. I thought it was a laudable exercise. Some of the stories I was, you know, again, like I said, without like a strong through line, it's, it's a little tough to watch an anthology movie. (laughs)
1: Yeah. W- would but- it have been better if they had just edited it such that there were that no. many episodes of no. a Netflix show? No.
0: No. Why not? Uh, uh, I think because it does, the linkage does kind of work that <clears throat> you're going, like I said, from less fable to more realistic piece by piece by piece. Okay. But the fact that it's on Netflix kind of means it is a binge TV show anyway because yeah. you can stop it and start it whenever you want.
2: Which is good because some of those you have to kind of stop and take a breather because uh, it's the Coen brothers. So occasionally you get a little bit of excess that you have to kind of sift through. Uh, yeah. That was my experience. But even when, obviously, even when they're bored, they're still making interesting stuff, which I like. <laughs> uh, so more power to them. Even their Don't bad let stuff. Cohen. Even
1: when they're bored, it's yeah. kind of interesting. <laughs> but, you know,
2: even their bad stuff has some merit somewhere. Uh, yeah, that's true. So you know, more power to him. That's what I say.
0: Cool. Well, I'm 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 weighing up with my fresh shit for our uh, two episode <laughs> recording day. <laughs>
1: you're, yeah, you're so. you're all Buster Little production note. Out. We're yeah. we're recording two episodes on the same day this week uh, yeah. because we didn't record one last week. So here we are. Because we're crazy, Chris. Uh,
2: what do you got? Oh Jesus! Uh, we had two weeks off, and I've just been consuming a ginormous amount of bullshit, which I will not talk about because uh, it's just too much. Uh, yeah. So uh, highlights for Save me. Save that for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all that bullshit on yeah. us. <laughs> highlights for me, though. Uh, somehow I fell into a weird rabbit hole of watching movies from the late 80s, early 90s that sort of centered around America's preoccupation with Japanese culture. Because uh, for some reason we were hmm. just really... Confused by it, even though we shouldn't have been. So uh, is this
1: like Black Rain or Gung Ho. Uh, no, I didn't or, do Gung Ho. Uh, I started. Okay. I
2: started with Rising Sun. I am I was, your schimpify. Uh, <laughs> you Shempa are my fi. coat tie. You are my coat tie, which is uh, from like ninety four, ninety three, with Sean Connery Back and when Wesley. Snipes. Everyone was banking on Michael <laughs> <Yeah>. Crichton <laughs> oh my god it is so dated and hard to watch and uneven but literally I forgot everything about it but it's like a a murder of a call girl at like a super high-tech Japanese company that's in the middle of uh, a takeover bid of a smaller American company and then the cops come in but then they need a like a Japanese liaison who's Sean Connery because James Bond did all that stuff and you only live twice I guess uh, and so he's like the, the resident expert and it's just literally the whole script is him just telling Wesley Snipes this is what the Japanese do and this is what you need to do to save them face and then they do this and then you do that but don't ever say no blah 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 and it's literally just like shut the fuck up <laughs> it's so pedantic <laughs> it's like so this is like Crichton's Japanese culture 101 uh, but it's got uh, great lines like Sean Connery going, we are now playing the most American of games, catch up. It's like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh,
0: and then I just want to warn you, I have a black belt. Of course yeah. you do.
2: Yeah. And Wesley Snipes like kicking ass this is like pre-Blade Wesley Snipes when he was still almost a serious actor. Uh, and could get away with it, <laughs> uh, but it just yeah, the whole thing falls flat. But I just remember watching it in the theater because you know it was a big movie, and I did not remember Dick about it except that we would wander around afterwards for like a, <laughs> like a, like several months, just going, "I'm your amplifier, and you are my coat tie." And that's co-tie, literally all I
0: Hat tie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it. It's like like when we would make fun of backdraft, call it backwash. No
0: problem. Yeah, that was genius, you though. You dribbled the glass!
2: So, yeah, that was our deal. But that, like, set me up with, okay, so I just randomly fell in a hole and then wound up on Black Rain, which came oh, out a few years... Oh, I call the
1: Black yeah, Rain. Yeah. Okay. Which
2: came out a few years earlier in, like, 89. And that's a Ridley Scott, but one of his clunkers. Uh, starring Black Michael- Rain
1: was <laughs> the first movie I saw at the Chinese theater, <laughs> yes. when
2: it was the man's Chinese yeah, theater. Yeah, I think after. I might have seen it with you, actually. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it, it's Ridley Scott just taking on a uh, a money gig as far as I could tell, but it's Michael Douglas at the height of his hair, uh, <laughs> and Andy Garcia as his like uh, Andy Garcia character from that era where he's just like the the punk smartass sidekick cop. Yeah, uh, that was like for his those gig. of you who are
0: like me and don't like Andy Garcia, the one positive of this movie is watching him being beheaded.
2: Yeah. Uh, but it's like a like a yakuza hit in New York, and Michael Douglas is may or may not be a corrupt cop, and he's being investigated by Internal Affairs, and blah blah blah, and then they witness a uh, yakuza execution that apparently is tied to like a counterfeit ring and then they have to escort the one guy that they captured back to Japan to face the charges there, but he gets away, and then now they're stuck in Japan and have to find this guy, and then it becomes this whole thing, and then Kate Capshaw shows up as uh, a nightclub singer, which again, in the 80s, that was like her gig, like Temple of (laughs) Doom, Black Rain, Uh, and then there's all this violence and shooting and chases and culture clash, and whatever and then there's like fa- i just what I remember distinctly from watching it in the theater was it ridley scott put fans everywhere like big giant ceiling fans and right. fans in the background oh and fans gosh. over here and fa- like every <laughs> shot had a fan somewhere in it and I, I to this day cannot figure out what
0: the motif was supposed which to be which is a total tony which is a total tony scott move yeah you know he was probably it, doing pre-production and tony was over his shoulder going yeah you should put in some fans yeah so a little bit of fog wouldn't hurt, a little bit Basically, of but it's, yeah,
2: but Andy Garcia gets beheaded about halfway through, and then they do extracurricular cop activity with lots
0: of shootouts and stuff. It's dumb. Uh, I, again, didn't it, remember any of it. But what's amazing is there's a Japanese film called Black Rain that's actually about the the survivors of the atomic bombs and it's you know yeah sort of the gripping historical drama and it came out the same year <laughs> that's good same title because yeah oh. yeah
2: well because that's the that's what the black rain was taken from because they yeah anyway so yeah it was like this weird culture clash stuff and then I started thinking well shit what other like then it started to make me think of well do I need to watch showdown a little Tokyo next do I need to watch gung-ho next you know, you know it's, it's like s- 16 candles 16 candles yeah <laughs> but then it made me think it's like no I think well what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna top it off I'm gonna go find red heat with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jim Uh-oh. Belushi as the soviet who comes over to america to chase the criminal in chicago or somewhere (laughs) it's like that goes like fish out of water thing this is like the 80s deal and so yeah Yeah. that's uh that's sort of where i wanted off but i just for life me couldn't figure out why all of a sudden in that weird chunk of time late 80s early 90s we had all those movies uh where we were trying to figure out japanese culture but we did it from like the western perspective
0: because we were terrified of them the same I, way we're terrified of the japanese in fact somebody was pointing out that donald trump never changes his position on anything because he just hears some bullshit and it just sticks <laughs> and so like they ran tape of shit he says about china and it's the exact same stuff he said about japan in the 80s because oh yeah because somebody told him that
2: yeah because he's stunted but uh I don't know. Maybe I'll just go watch Mr. Baseball next
0: with Tom Selleck. That's another fish out of water in Japan story. Roller boys. <laughs> Remember Ew. Roller Boys, Ew. where the Japanese had taken over? the The movie opens with <laughs> them saying, "The you know Japanese corporation Fukusaka uh today yeah. bought Yale University just, and had it placed in Okinawa yeah. or something." Just,
2: just call it, <laughs> just call the the generic just call the generic Japanese company Nakatomi. Everybody knows that one.
1: <laughs> we'll just use that. So yeah, oh boy,
2: it was just yeah, it's just a weird subgenre that just doesn't make sense uh, but I don't remember any of them, that's what's funny to me so now I have to go back and watch them at some point to see why I don't <laughs> remember them it's just strange but yeah, Rising Sun, Black Rain that's a double feature, stick it in your pipe and smoke it thank you, I'm done and
0: All they right. stopped making those kinds of movies once Japan started buying studios, that's yeah, what's really exactly, fun. yeah,
2: it's suddenly like they were passe, you know like oh, well, you better shut man. up. There
0: are bosses now, Jesus. <laughs> we don't
2: owe them anything.
1: Well, I mean, also Japanese culture has has been sort of you know ascendant in the video game world. So as yeah. as uh, you know, that generation gets older, they're less like I don't know, exotic and scary, right? It's just oh yeah, the Japanese, Japanese people, yeah, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, but, but they you, also
0: they had a financial crash in like the late '80s, early '90s that that fucked them hard, and they've never they still have never really come back from it. But yeah, only because unlike us, they they passed laws to prevent it from happening again. Whereas here we're, we're whoops deregulation mad. Well, but, plus
2: it's uh you know all the tech went over to places like South Korea, and that mm-hmm. sort of took away. Because you know, for years it was like transistors and microchips and whatever. Japan was your go-to for all of that consumer tech. And then all of a sudden it just wasn't. It's mm-hmm. just, it's strange. Which I think maybe that's why we just stopped being fascinated because we're Americans and Westerners. And we think, well, they're no longer a big guy on the block, so fuck them. <laughs>
1: that's
2: what I th- Anyway, I digress. What do you got, okay. Brian?
1: Uh so I want to I want to talk about sort of a bigger picture thing as my fresh shit because all right so like brain garbage I've been watching yes. you know, during covid has included and I don't bother mentioning this stuff much but it included things like American Idol and The Voice and America's oh, Got Talent wow. right oh, but man. what I want to talk about <laughs> is things that require an audience in the age of covid Right. So last week was the Democratic <laughs> National Convention. Yeah. <laughs> and also, sports are back on. I sent you yeah. guys a, a clip of a foul ball whacking a yeah. big stuffed teddy bear in the head now, in the stands <laughs> of a know, baseball I, game. I know you guys don't
2: watch sports much, but have you watched anything <laughs> uh, of the professional sports now that they're I've back? Not really. No, I've no, seen
1: these clips and they've got just like the the. You know the cardboard people in yeah. the
2: stands. It's really what, weird. I don't know. I haven't verified if this is true or not. But one of the major league baseball stadiums, <laughs> behind home plate or somewhere in the stands, they put a picture of uh of the dead the, the dead guy from Weekend at Bernie's. Like just that,
1: <laughs> and I thought
2: that's genius. Whoever did that needs a
0: raise. You mean Bernie? I'm-
1: i yeah. I'm watching this uh, I'm watching this teddy bear get beaned and I'm like how come the whole stadium isn't full of stuffed animals? It's like I I got an email from the state fair saying it was canceled. So there's there's some stuffed animals out there that <laughs> yeah, have nothing but, to do. But put them st- in the stands. Let's go. S-
2: yeah, but you still got to hire um, people to put them in there and take them down. It's not like Toy yeah. Story where they just magically walk over and sit down. <laughs> much a of baseball if you, game.
0: If you leave them out there for like the whole season they, they get rained on, they get soggy they sure. start looking like, like a zombie would, apocalypse. Yeah,
2: or a real sports fan. Take your pick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I want to compare and contrast what happened on America's Got Talent and what happened on the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> so America's Got Talent is a show that lives or dies on the audience response. Like it's just not the same show if there isn't <laughs> if, a crowd reacting to this shit.
0: Imagine yeah. Last Comic standing without anybody to laugh at the jokes.
1: Yeah, well that's what happened! <laughs> Dude, like, that's like yeah. my house. That's ha- like my like house. Most of the way through the <laughs> most of the way through the original set of people. Uh, About maybe three-quarters of the way through suddenly there's no audience, but there's like six or seven comedians and they have to deliver to a completely empty Uh giant hall of empty seats and They just I mean of course they bombed it was it was awful. Yeah Um, It's good times. So what they've done, you know, Simon Cowell having having first of all been a producer on American Idol which had to deal with this earlier this year And they, you know, there they had people singing in their houses, and they had sent them like, "Here's a light," you know, and some props that we can also say are from whatever the store is. So you know, go buy them online. Um, That was okay, but it wasn't great. And but what they did for um, America's Got Talent is they're like, "Okay, these are all live shows. We're going to take over the Universal Studios." a lot because nothing's going on. And so they're basically all over the back lot trying to do socially distanced productions, but there's still no way to do an audience. What they've done is some some poor IT guy working at NBC, um, they have got this wall of Zoom call people. I mean... <laughs> Hundreds and hundreds wow. of like somebody okay. God, that's
2: awful. I, like, I like evokes scenes of like uh the dark
1: Knight when he's in that room full of monitors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's even like, more yeah. than that. Like it's it's like that, but even more so. And like some poor guy is just like, dude, how many feeds have I gotta get through the-? You know the network oh. here? Are you fucking kidding me? Have you seen um, the? Uh, just
2: I'm sorry, sidebar. Have you seen the new Muppets thing on Disney Plus? Muppets now. I've
1: seen the first one. I've seen the first one. Because
2: like they basically scooter is that guy. He's <laughs> like yeah. in a closet somewhere that has to like roll the feeds through and keep track of everything. Yeah, that's that's exactly but it.
1: They they still don't get the energy of the crowd, right? Because they try to play like the applause, and it's just you know. You know, it's just like this tinny little nothing yeah. of applause. What but, you need
2: is like the golf clap, like someone just on screen
1: just doing the golf clap, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Bill Maher has been playing to an actual laugh track and then they cut to, like, stock footage of audiences. From yeah, the or <laughs> that's
0: whatever. how you do it. That's how they um, do it. it which, which makes him look like he's actually gone insane, and that's kind of fun. Right, yeah.
1: right. So Democratic National Convention does a shittier version of what America's Got Talent is doing. Yeah. <laughs> They've got like, I don't know, two dozen people maybe on a screen a. at, at D- the end of these speeches. But, but, don't knock but it's, it. it. It's,
0: it's, it's much more watchable, I thought, yeah. because normally the conventions are like like just, just, just boring speeches that wait for like applause lines, and every 20 yeah. seconds oh, somebody yeah. is oh. like, you know, like the whole crowd is instructed to scream lock her up or whatever the
1: speeches are so much better because they they yeah yeah, they they move like let's get let's get on with this folks but here's the thing and contrast well first of all two things go watch the end of the joe biden acceptance speech and look at the the video wall to the right side of the screen when they cut away because there's like 3 or 4 people on that video wall that are like sitting there bored with their arms crossed. You don't start clapping when the speech is over yeah. and then they finally get the Whoops. word and it's like hmm, okay, oh. you had you had like 2 dozen plants that you had a camera on fucking, you know, practice. <laughs> did you Tell not these see the applause what their light? job is, right? Did,
2: did <laughs> like, you not see the applause yeah. light? You yeah. had one job. You had one job. Yeah. So now, that's what'll, that's just what'll bad. be
0: What'll be interesting is to see how the Republicans do that this week, because oh, it's they gonna have be, zero time to yeah. prepare for it, because they kept thinking they were going to have a well, live one. It's, they've it, got
1: a producer from The Apprentice. Don't, don't count them out. They've well, got a reality this, TV guy there.
0: Yeah, but this is the deal. It's going to look like a fucking
2: extended version of the gong show. That's literally what I'm <laughs> expecting. And half of the, the keynote speakers are Trumps. It's like you've got 12 people to speak. Six of them are from the Trump family. This thing is going to fucking suck. So good luck with
1: you. But uh, So compare and contrast the Kamala Harris speech to the Joe Biden speech from a stagecraft perspective, right? Kamala Harris is delivering a normal I'm in a big room full of people speech with applause lines and the way they edited it they actually cut to some cameras that were like trying to do a wide shot and there's like <laughs> four people yeah <laughs> the and they're like what is and this is this some Conno sort of like trump nerves. rally in tulsa what is this <laughs> <laughs> there are way more people in Trump rally in Tulsa yeah. this was just sad and then they had like this big screen of you know the delegation signs behind her empty hall virtual I was expecting like virtual balloons and confetti on the screens when it was over <laughs> but they didn't even do that for or, her. or at least She's somebody just, just like... left playing to the rehearsal hall yeah. it was so bad or at
2: least get creative and do like the speeches in front of a green screen and then, you know, put in stuff from like Spartacus or something like just a big giant <laughs> crowd at the Coliseum. I mean, do it up,
1: you know, the world
2: is your oyster. And then,
1: and then Biden, they they were much smarter with Biden because what they did is they did a single camera in tight on him as if he was delivering an, uh, an address from the Oval Office. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like. I it was it was like here's another way presidents address the country and and that was a much smarter move then they had him go outside to a big ass stage for a fireworks show and I'm like he could have delivered that from the big ass stage
0: no see the thing about the way he did the speech is that it was it wasn't even a speech or an address he was he was talking directly to you and he was able to modulate his voice so that he could get in really low almost to a whisper he could he could bring his voice up to a yell without yelling it was a lot more control i think and i think that's why it worked to his advantage because trump is just in front of an
1: audience just does not modulate his tone well well yeah but like you say it's all about managing the stagecraft
2: of it because this is all new i mean they have never had to do a virtual convention with all these constraints before but i really i'm fingers here was how i think they should have done it
1: here's how i think they should have done it they the thing they did on I don't know if it was the second night where they actually nominate and they they did a live like swing around the 50 states plus the seven territories you know people in there you know it was just a really nice like hey look it's the United States i can see pictures of yeah, it yeah that was cool uh and and it was it was snappy they had that shit dialed in i mean hopefully it was pre-edited but but whatever right they they had all of these people in all of these locations, how hard would it have been after you got their nomination bit for the producer to just say, okay, now I just want everybody in this shot to jump up and down and clap and yell and look happy. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) just get that footage two days earlier and then have some dude edit that together so when Biden's done with his speech, we just do a tour around America celebrating. How hard is that? Anyway. Yeah, uh, a well, celebration I mean,
0: of America, <laughs> but, uh, no, a celebration of the countries of the world, but mostly America.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like but a it- small world, but for Joe Biden. Yeah, but this is anyway. the thing that's the the stakes are so
2: low given the last four years. That they literally could have just had Joe Biden get up and do a dramatic monologue from, like, Network, just doing the Howard Beale speech. I'm bad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. You know, and he could have just, that would have been a success as well. And then get to see people outside. The stakes
1: are super high, and Biden, like, the whole world was holding their breath, going, please, Biden, just don't fuck this up. Just, uh, just don't look like a senile old shithead
0: for yeah. 20 minutes. Go. Instead, he said, looked you know. like a guy who's empathic and cares, which you know is kind of what he's been his whole career. Yeah. The entire time he's been in office, that's what people have said about him. Compared yeah. to the guy who's like, "It's not my fault. I didn't do it. Wasn't me." Yeah. <laughs> well, when yeah. they had that, when they had running the kid,
1: empathy against Trump is a good yeah. is a good yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. strategy. Well, when they got the
2: kid. To do his speech, that little, the 13-year-old kid that has the stutter. That
1: was genius. As long and as Biden it's doesn't like, fuck up as bad as this kid, he looks yeah. good, right? But that's the thing. It's
2: like, you're looking at that going, there's no way that would ever wind up in any sort of RNC Trump
1: no. convention. Yeah. Like, and no, that kid, not even close. That is, some, that is some bravery from that kid. I've known a lot of folks who have really rough stutters, and for that kid to get up in front of the world and just, yeah, you know, do that, you know, bravo, kid good job. Yeah. So anyway, uh yeah, it's just I've I've just been kind of fascinated by the way people are handling the lack of crowds for things that really really want to have crowds. It's it's offputting, I will
2: tell you. I I mentioned last week that I'd started watching some hockey, but I just haven't since then because it's just it's weird. Cuz you see yeah. a play and you expect like the crowd roar and whatnot and it's just crickets, man. It's just dead silence like this is like playing uh, Sega Genesis with the sound off, literally. <laughs> uh, and it's just off-putting, so I can't do it.
1: So anyway, I think
0: that's the fresh shit for this week. So this week, we're talking about Star Trek and... and uh, because, let's see. Star, this- across, the Star across the Universe.
2: On the Starship Enterprise,
0: the This month, another Star Trek property debuted. Uh, uh, Lower Decks, which is their cartoon show. Ugh. Yeah, right? <laughs> Upper the- Decks is oh more my like God. it. Oh, the- God. The-, the consensus has really been what the fuck is going on with. You yeah, know, this doesn't appeal to people who like comedy because no. it's it's got that the Rick and Morty pace, just not the material. It's and like if Rick and
2: Morty were done by Kevin Smith. That's really yeah. what I I got watching the first 10 minutes before I shut it off. I, yeah,
1: I, I was shocked at how bad <laughs> I mean, Lower Decks is the name of a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Um, that's actually a lot of fun because it's like, oh, here's an interesting angle on Starfleet. This is just, it's it's like 21st century snarky people in Starfleet. It just makes no fucking sense and it's uh, yeah. unwatchable. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- that's, that's sort of the, the baleful consensus, of, you know, across the Star Trek fandom. Um, so since that's the case, I, I, I I've, what I really do is I, I watch YouTube videos and I collect information <laughs> about this stuff. So I wanted to share my findings in what started as 20 clickbaits you didn't know about Star Trek, which is really pared down to about five clickbaits you didn't know about Star Trek. Because uh, chances are good, if you're listening to this, you're a Star Trek geek and you know a lot of things about Star Trek.
1: Unless you're Chris. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Chris I'm is learn- the odd man out. I'm going to learn some
1: things today. Yeah, I'm, he's the everyman.
2: I'm putting on my learning hat. I'm going to learn some things yeah. about Chris, Star, Star Wars. Your jaw
1: will drop when you hear these Star Trek clickbaits.
0: Okay. Yeah. When the, Probably uh, not.
2: Which episode was the Wookiee first introduced in? That's what I
0: want to know. Uh, the Trouble with Wookiees. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a um, good pickup. <laughs> thanks. I, it, um, okay, so uh, the movies, here's this it, this isn't really a truth. This is just sort of... This, let's let's call this uh, 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 number zero. The movies aren't canon. They are not part of Star Trek. This is this is just a theory, but when you look at all the movies, they're Hot actually ho- they're actually horror movies. They're not they're not Star <laughs> Trek. They're not sci-fi. They're horror movies <laughs> where a bad guys come to kill everybody, and they need to stop them from killing everybody. That's literally yeah. Every Star Wars or excuse me Star
2: Trek. I'm going to have to work on that in this show. I'm going to have to work on that. every Trek movie. Yeah, it literally is. Here's the baddie who wants to kill everybody. Let's stop him. Yeah. Okay, good. R-
0: right. Next right movie. down to the Borg queen. Who's like the lead vampire. And when you kill the lead vampire, all the other vampires die. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Wait,
0: now
1: I want to. I want to. Now I need to run this down. So yeah, okay. a rebuttal oh, from one, the good
2: senator of Arizona.
0: You Star Trek on the One. We. Oh no! Were, no no! I'm were sorry. being attacked we're, by Vo- V'ger. I'm talking. I'm really talking about next gen. Okay. Well, oh, no, but it well, works for the regular, the, the uh, OG yeah. Track yeah. Too. V'ger, Star Trek too. Because Viger.:
1: Two Khan. Yeah. Star Trek, Star Trek Three. Three. Yeah, the Klingons. Krug. Krug. Commander
0: yeah. Krug, okay. the Easy. Genesis device. Star
1: Trek IV, uh, The Ultimate Killer Whales. whales yeah, the, um, the, the
0: big cylindrical mass in, in the sky that uh, is going to destroy yeah. the Earth. Star Trek Star V. Star Trek five, God. God Go, wants yeah. to kill us yeah. Yeah. all.
2: Or He's the monster. That's definitely yeah. a horror movie. Yeah. What does God uh, need with a starship? That's still <laughs> a pertinent question, sir. <laughs> right. Star
1: Trek VI, Old six Age. Six is a
2: political thriller, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's more like <laughs> The Manchurian Candidate in Space
0: that's what yeah. that one is that one is probably the most star trek of the star trek movies the original ones
1: okay uh, any of them i think yeah. and then okay so seven generations so who's uh our-
0: generations is a lazy stephen king idea that you can go back <laughs> to the never never and pop out wherever else okay okay
1: eight the vampire queen yeah. Vampire yeah uh queen, right. Nine
0: insurrection just sucked, but it was it was yet again a bad guy who wants to do a bad guy thing, and we need to stop the bad guy. Yeah, it's like a yeah. But that thing. one's really kind of weird because it's basically the plot of that is there's there's a planet that has like a couple hundred people, and they have stuff that could benefit the entire galaxy, but no, we need to protect them.
1: Like, I think I think, I we think can, the horror I think of nine we can is tell them
0: to go fuck themselves and take their stuff because it'll benefit the whole galaxy
1: I, I think the horror of nine is that they took the script to, for who watches the watchers and and first contact the, the TV show episode and threw them in a blender and it's the monster is uh, the writer's room running out of ideas
0: but I'm, would have been sure. nice if somebody had like looked at the view screen and said that's the guy who killed Amadeus yeah Hey. I was going to say, was that? I don't remember <laughs> insurrection at all. That's
2: the one with Murray, Solier, Abraham, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Insurrection is an episode of the show, basically. It. Uh, yeah, but but yeah. again,
0: not one of the better shows. And uh, then I don't then think that Nemesis Star Trek
1: ten exists.
0: Nemesis it, is no, nope. No. Nemesis is is <laughs> full bore exist. horror movie. <laughs> it's, it nope. is a full on horror movie. Complete with a, a vampire like like you know squad that oh, and and yeah oh, and what's more in God, terms of sucks. oh boy in terms of uh, uh plot construction it's the wrath of Khan where he has to go back and find his past self that tries to kill him destroys wow, the wow, ship wow. the guy yeah his it, it, data sacrifices himself the way Spock sacrifices himself it's it's like they had no original ideas. Oh, oh this yeah, is, and a jeep. A, yeah. There's a fucking jeep chase. I was just say, this is the <laughs> only two
2: things I remember about Insurrect, or uh, Nemesis, because I, I think I saw it once. Uh, the dune buggy chase somewhere on a, in a desert somewhere. And then mm-hmm. it's like the, one of the first roles for Tom Hardy. And at that time, he really did look weirdly like a young Picard, uh, which is strange. But that's all I remember about it.
1: Man, I'm still, I, just, I just remember I'm still trying out. to figure
0: out why, in the photo of Picard from his academy days, he's completely bald. <laughs> it's like, you we know bald? <laughs> he had I hair. Mean. He had hair right up to when he was uh, a captain of the Stargazer. Giving <laughs> <And, laughs> him a soul patch. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Or like a mullet. That'd be awesome. I'm like, why was he bald? And, and oh, it's because. Uh, I, well some other video I saw g- told me why it's because they believe the audience is stupid and yeah. they won't n- know that that's supposed to be Picard unless he's you know completely bald. <laughs> okay God. so
2: basically oh, I, I hate I, that movie so yeah, much took, so that to Brian is like the the kingdom of the crystal skulls of the Star Trek world so it, it, yeah.
1: I came out of the theater so fucking angry after <laughs> that film awesome. and honestly it's 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 also the, the foreshadowing. It's it's the precursor to CBS All Access and what they're doing to Star Trek. But we can get there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're getting there now. Okay. Um, so something else you this one you probably really didn't know. Uh, I'm guessing, uh, Brian, you didn't know. Chris, I know you didn't know. Oh, I knew. <clears throat> I, know. I know. Okay. So uh, Paramount owns the movies. CBS owns the TV shows. So the two can't cross over because they're two separate licenses. Mm -hmm. And if they crossed over, they wouldn't know who to credit money to. And that's why here's this. This was this was amazing to me. Uh, The shows have been directed to make everything at least 25 percent different from anything from the original shows. That's why the Enterprise looks like way different than the Enterprise that shows up in the original series. It's why the uniforms are kind of off. It's everything has to be sort of different so that when they sell the toys and merchandise, they can say, oh, this is TV money. Oh, this is original show money. Oh, this Whoa. is the movie money. Yeah. Man.
1: Mind blown. Holy Thank shit. Thank you.
0: This sounds an awful lot wow. like, uh, like what. When-
1: Click on this podcast, people. Holy <laughs> shit.
2: Jesus, you don't have to be a dick it's, about it. No, I'm, actually, I'm <laughs> yeah, actually. I can tell he's astonished. <laughs> he's, he's working through his feelings. I'm actually quite surprised. I'm just yeah, hyping. Yeah. He's uh, working yeah.
0: through it. Uh, the boy. Well, That's yeah, one of the, des- one of the ship like designers. That. One of the ship designers on Facebook had posted that, yeah, they were told to make things you know a minimum of 25% different when they were designing stuff. From this shared universe, <laughs> and that's, that's just and, and, and yeah. Then, then lawyers came out and made him take it down and said, "No, no, no, that was a creative decision, not a legal decision." Like, uh-huh. i was
1: kind of shocked by that. So, so are they all? I mean, like, are all the toys made by the same toy manufacturers, or those like totally different deals with different manufacturers and stuff? There
0: are there are different deals set up for yeah, like for the original stuff, the huh. um, the movies. The the JJ the Abrams verse and uh and this this leads into the next piece of clickbait. Yeah. Despite that, no companies signed up to make any merchandise for the Star Trek shows because they're <laughs> garbage. You cannot get a Picard toy. You can't they nobody they they had started like they had signed something with um Oh, I can't ever remember his name. The guy now, who also does comic books. They, they, McFarlane. they had an McFarlane, right? McFarlane Toys was going to make some stuff, and they were so late in telling them what they could make because they were changing the shows constantly, right up to air. That McFarlane said, "Yeah, we're out." And Clair- so there's clarify. no clarify. You merch. mean the
1: new CBS All Access toys? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I have a Riker doll. Of yes, course
0: you do. You know. Well, no, I, no, they're I still making know, it, I, know, the original I stuff, but they've ruined the field of Star Trek and like disappointed fans so greatly that the one thing Star-, Star Trek always had was merchandise. That's the only reason they brought this back was because it's a merchandise cash cow. And they fucked it so completely <laughs> with uh, you know, these awful shows they're putting out that, yeah, they still sell next gen stuff, but they're selling a lot less of it now. So what they I mean, were able to make, they're not selling as much of, and they can't make anything new because nobody wants to work with them.
1: So there's no discovery merch, like toy merchandise. You can't nope. get a Michael. What's her name?
0: You can probably get some off-brand stuff, but they don't have any agreements. Wow! <laughs> so so yeah. basically, like an old leftover, like Kenner. Star Wars yeah. action figure with just like a Star Trek pl- unit places like Eagle Moss that make starships, you know, they'll they'll make the models of the starships. They have like Discovery stuff, but it, you know, that's again, it's not like a Discovery line of merchandise. That's great. So that's I to assume,
1: me. I assume the license is still with with Mattel, is it? I mean, I remember I th- was it Mattel? Oh, now I'm going to get it wrong, but there Separate was a toy Toys that made us episode i thought it was the transformers so maybe it was hasbro actually um you know they were like shit we don't have star wars so they started making trek stuff and that was not going anywhere
0: yeah Yeah, they i mean like i said there's still contracts to make toys for the original stuff, star trek and even for the movies but nothing got set up for the shows um and that was the yeah there was something else about that uh yeah i i, I find that i yeah i'm I'm legit flabbergasted, but how yeah, do you that-
1: create a a thing that has had conventions <laughs> for like what fifty years yeah the where the main thing you do is you sell memorabilia and yeah. Nice one,
2: Eric. Don't so that's make literally any memorabilia? That's literally two in a row that you've given Brian some sort of
0: aneurysm on your I mean. <laughs> Holy <knowledge>. shit,
1: everybody <laughs> click on this podcast.
2: <laughs> and I guess
0: without a toy license, you know, you you can't get figures of Ichab getting his eye ripped out of his fucking eye socket or <laughs> Captain <laughs> Georgeot being eaten by a Klingon or beheaded, <laughs> you know, but like, it's they made a show that is not for kids anyway. You know.
1: New Death Ashken Echeb. right? He's got like yeah. a button on the back, and they push him, and the yeah. eye goes bleep bleep. This is bleep. Yeah. Yeah. This is just
2: like the Highlander toys we wanted a couple episodes yeah. back. <laughs> That's literally all that is.
1: No, no, don't take my eye! Oh, you're getting your eye taken out. <laughs>
0: New okay, battle another... action EJEV from yeah. Galoob. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Press this button on the back of uh, yeah. um, uh, Stemets' back, and he says, Fuck! Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> now we can say the F word on Star Trek. Yeah. It's not completely jarring at all. Um, well at least they admit to
2: the fact that they're swearing in the future okay that's the one thing that bothers me about star trek it's star trek
0: for fuck's sake it's star trek (laughs) it's not like i I am concerned about potty mouth but you know do 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 star trek um okay so next one Mm -hmm. uh along the lines of that uh okay the business model for Star Trek Discovery was that they would sell the rights to Netflix. You know, they'd run it on their their app, but Netflix would handle the international distribution. Mm -hmm. Netflix was so disappointed by what (laughs) they got that they said no thank you to season two, and they've said no thank you to every other show in the Star Trek line that got pushed. Mm -hmm. They made a separate deal with Amazon and Amazon isn't all that pleased with it either. How uh, the
1: hell is CBS all access still a thing? Like, how well, is,
0: huh? Well, it's, it's now, go, it's going to get fused into like, you know, a, a larger thing, I think with paramount, uh, but it's not, yeah, it was, it, it's, 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 it's gone badly for them. <laughs> And so now CBS has this very expensive show no one wants to watch and no one is willing to pay for. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's not like the... They, every no. season so far, they've made these very, very expensive first and second shows and then they, they have no money for the rest <laughs> of the season and so it looks Oops. very tattered. Yeah. And part of that is show reviewers generally only watch the first or second show
1: wow right okay now i'm my only mind given is access to i've seen yeah. four episodes of this series well this is yeah, not like it's the, great
2: yeah. it's not like the dirty old 90s when you had like a jillion star trek shows and they were really only differentiated by the captain i mean that was that's oh, no, it's my so thinking much worse. It's so uh, much worse but but like tng i i'd seen some of it and i you know i've I, people freaking out about it but then voyager comes out and then deep space nine and then the pool is so diluted by the yeah. time you get to enterprise that nobody gives a shit that sounds to me exactly like what cbs all access is doing
0: yeah they're they're trying to kick start it and i guess i give them credit for trying to create a different tone you know because yeah i was bored with star trek by then <sighs> yeah. but yeah, yeah, that's what we that's, do. That's, that's the, the thing, though. The, the solution is not to, like, hire one talentless producer to produce a bunch of shows. It's to hire one guy to concentrate on one show and let him, you know, run with it. The problem with the old Star Trek was Rick Behrman was very good at his job, but he was very good at his job for all of these shows to the point that they all <laughs> felt and looked the same. Well, uh, so
1: i want I want to I, I, this is a good segue to a, to a thing I need to say about Trek, and especially lower decks, I think, exemplifies what i' what I'm criticizing here. So Star Trek, right? Like the thing that was inspirational about Star Trek was that Gene Roddenberry said no, no, people are good and we're evolving. And if we just keep going and keep reaching, you know, and and looking to the stars and saying, hey, we're all just on a tiny rock and we're all one race and let's all come together and kumbaya and we're going to do science and we're going to get our shit together and we're going to stop fighting each other like primitives. And the future is wide open for humanity. And it's this big, hopeful statement of unity. Now, it's hard to do a whole bunch of t v series concurrently when none of your human characters can be in conflict, which is the thing that Gene Roddenberry insisted on, and the writers all hated it and so after Roddenberry dies, you start to see them come up with ways to have conflict, like Voyager, there were some people who weren't Starfleet on the ship, or you know deep space nine is is you know this place where people are coming from all over the place so there can be conflict on the station. Lower decks is like. But what if we just didn't evolve at all? Like, what if people in Star Trek are just like they are today? And to a certain degree, the swearing in Star Trek is, is another example of that, right? Like, It's just fundamentally at odds with the premise of Star Trek. Mm. Yeah. And I well, don't
0: actually, on, on the whole, have, like, a huge problem. I wouldn't have a huge problem with something like Discovery if it was its own thing, but it's trying to right. take place in the universe of Star Trek. This leads to my next point, which is the Prime Universe and the original Star Trek Universe are not the same thing. This is this is what is a the very Prime weird, universe? Weird, weird technical thing. Oh, I'll I'll get there. It's okay. uh. So you have like, you know, the original series and then you have the next generation, which took place in the same universe as the original series and all of those things from the 90s. That's in the same, you know, universe. Then you get the J.J. Abrams universe, which is sort of a split off timeline. That's how they got the their 25 percent difference. To make That's sense. The Kelvin timeline. Yeah. 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 They, they said this is distinctly something else. And at the time, despite the fact that I think all three of those movies were complete ass, I liked the uh, uh, the caveat that we don't have to respect canon because it didn't really happen in this, this timeline. Is,
2: but this was irritating about that is that yeah you set that in motion with that first movie. Suddenly you can do whatever the fuck you want with Star Trek, and then they followed up with just a retelling exactly. of Khan.
0: It's like yeah. what in the do yeah. you, oh you fucking suck!
2: I hate yeah. it. Oh yeah, I hate it. Yeah.
0: No arguments here. But here's the thing: the they they have said since Discovery launched uh, and Picard that these take place take place in prime star trek and everyone took that to mean they they're in the same universe as the other shows mm-hmm. uh, uh but because of that 25 percent rule okay. prime only means thematically they pull stuff from those shows but <sighs> this is a whole different universe so you can't yeah you know, it, so it's their why, way around canon okay. this is
1: why that whole like whatever you know magical unicorn drive that the discovery uses hasn't mm-hmm. been perfected by the time of the next generation because that's a whole yet another time exactly
0: timeline. yeah oh, yeah so barf. anytime anything happens that it wasn't you know isn't explainable you can go oh yeah but it's a it's a different uh you know it's it's the same universe but it's a different universe it's this weird tricky horseshit that they worked in oh there's a you- bonus here's uh. a bonus uh you didn't know the entire concept of the first season of Star Trek with the tardigrades and the, the sort of mushroom highways through the universe that let you instantly travel anywhere else was stolen from a video game called Tardigrade.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, nice. All of the exact same stuff happens in this game, uh, uh, it, like, uh, like an old computer game. To the, to the point, it's not even subtly different. Go look this up and... They they will, you know, they'll walk you through what this game was. And it's just like, God, not one lawyer found this. I mean, tardigrade, just just Eric, Google tardigrade your
1: batting average is so high. I'm shocked. I don't know this.
0: How do <laughs> yeah. I not know this? <laughs> yeah. Well, even yeah, I, I knew saw that. that Brian, and <laughs> I, I, yeah, my, my jaw just dropped. Oh my God. Uh, I didn't think thievery like that was possible in this day and age.
2: That's impressive. Wow. Uh, Mm. I'm still hung up on that whole Prime thing. I didn't realize that's what it was called. Yeah, that's like mind yeah. blowing. And I literally uh, last weekend in prepping for this, <laughs> I watched all three of those Prime movies. Uh, oh, the
0: the, the Abrams verse one. Yeah, the those uh, are. The, ugh. Yeah, those are. Yeah, and those are not prime either uh, those are kelvin because they, oh they that's great their own
1: i got you i'm all yeah. confused now you know, okay in, in calculus when you take the first derivative of something and it's
0: something <laughs> prime this all is i know derivative of star trek but yes. not star trek yes. okay got it this is this is why You know, like Jean-Luc Picard is now suddenly spoken about having such an ego and he just goes in guns a blazing, you know, Picard, like Picard, the the guy who would consider every move and drank fucking tea. This is the guy who's Han Solo. No, no, that's Kirk. Yeah. (laughs) Not Picard. That's so that
1: shit. That shit is all Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Have you ever read the the book about the writing of Star Trek, um, Insurrection?
0: No, no.
1: Uh, there's a whole book about the script, uh, you know, process for Insurrection, and it's and it's like the guy who wrote it. It's like here's the treatment, and then here's the sh- fucking notes I got from Patrick Stewart, who is like, <laughs> yeah. But how could I be more of a badass hero? <laughs> Yeah, like over and over again.
0: I I think in uh, Nemesis he got them to write in the Dune buggy driving scene because he wanted to drive Dune buggy and he likes driving. It's like whoa, this is not good. Whoa, yeah. So like
1: man, Patrick Stewart having a lot of influence on the Picard series. Like, go back and read that that book about the writing of of
0: (laughs) Insurrection.
2: Here's my question for you though, Eric. Maybe you can answer it since you're such an expert. I, I'm doing air quotes, by the way. I just did the some way. research. Uh, <laughs> so on, the, on this Kelvin timeline thing, uh, why are they so hung up on using the Beastie Boys in these movies? That's J.J.
0: Abrams. He okay. works Beastie Boys into everything he does. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 and of course it makes no fucking sense no. in the fourth century. But here's the thing, watching all three of those
2: movies back to back. Uh, so in the first one they do Sabotage. Okay, whatever. The second one they do, uh, the, I think it's the Fat Boy Slim remix of Body Movin'. I'm like, okay, so yeah, they're on a Beastie Boys thing. So they do the third one, you're like, what Beastie Boys song are they gonna use? Oh, uh, we're just gonna use Sabotage again, cause, uh, we're bankrupt for any new ideas whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I, I'm
0: telling you know, Chris, it, it's a sabotage of Star Trek. Uh, now you know, they could here's have easily explained that with <laughs> yeah. what with like a scene of kirk in history of music yeah a, as as a junior high schooler and and really connecting with the b-boys that would that would be perfectly yeah. acceptable to me yeah. but no 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 in the future everyone finds Just opportunity knows. to listen to the beastie boys in in total uh absence of four centuries of music
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, that's just like, I think I sent you the text, Eric. Maybe Brian was on that, too. But all I could think of now is like, well, what would a what would a Star Trek Beastie Boys rap be like? And then I'm thinking, well, you got to send it to Paul Revere. And I got the first refrain and then crapped out. <laughs> Here's a little story I got to tell about three track pieces you know so well. It started right back on 60 TV with Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and Bones M.D. <laughs> and that's literally as far as I got. <laughs>
1: But like that's all you needed to on the get from Mr. <laughs> Spock. Yep. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: that's that's yeah. That's uh, all you yeah. need.
1: <laughs> what uh, else we got? Help. What, okay. We got more clickbait.
0: Yes. Uh. This. 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 I think g- sort of falls into more of the problem with with you know what went wrong. Uh. The showrunner. The the sort of overlord of this new. Star Trekness is a man called Alex Kurtzman. Before he was the showrunner and producer behind all the latest Star Trek shows, he had worked as a failed screenwriter. He wrote mm. the Spider Man 2 script before Sony canceled the whole thing. And <laughs> he wrote and directed The Mummy, the first yes. and last Universal Dark Universe movie, before mm-hmm. they canceled the whole thing. So he's got a track record of destroying franchises. Dude wrote uh, the Transformers movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. Jesus. And uh, what's his name? Robert Orkey is his yeah. uh, screenwriting partner. He was set to direct the third J.J. Abrams-verse movie and got fired because these fuckers don't know what they're doing. Um, I can't say that. It's not researched. That's Orkey's just me are going. Orky's a wackadoo. Orkey's just guys a are wackadoo. Douchebags. <laughs> uh, anyway. He, yeah, so he and Orky wrote the first two J.J. Abrams first movies, the shit ones, uh, that helped Paramount decide likely to cancel the whole thing. So he's <laughs> killing a third. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, and, and it's and and sabotage so <laughs> for no. his punishment. Yeah, that's good. Listen for his punishment, though, he's in charge of all these Star Trek TV shows that once again cost too much no one wants to pay for, no one asked for.
1: Uh, Ah.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: I'm
2: sorry, I I zoned out. I I went to IMDB to look up his screenwriting credits, this Alex Kurtzman fellow, and good lord, he wrote Cowboys and
0: Aliens? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was one that I walked out of, and I went, wait a minute, this was a really great concept, How did it get so fucked up? Oh, it's lazy, and it's all over the place. And that's everything he does. It's lazy, and it's all over the place.
2: Just like Mission Impossible 3, he wrote that as well, Mm -hmm. which was a J.J. Abrams. Transformers, Brian brought that up. Oh, and The Mummy. Good Lord, how does this guy have a career? How does this guy have Star
1: Trek? He's doing all the Star Trek. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's the Kelvin timeline, that's
0: why. That leads to the final one that I have, that this is the one that just made me want to tear my eyes out. Uh, Even if Alex Kurtzman got fired off of the CBS shows, they can't get rid of him because his company, Secret Hideout, owns the TV rights to Star Trek. So even if they got him to not make this shit, At CBS, if they just showed him the door, he would still own it so that they would still have to answer to him for it. (laughs) Because like I said about the conflicting rights, there's also the rights for the J.J. Abrams movies and there's the rights for these these shows on CBS like they're licensed out and he's got that. So they can't really get rid of him completely, though they keep relieving him of duties on all of these shows. So that he's just an in-name producer. It's like a weird parasitic thing going on here.
2: He's like attached himself to the host body of Star Trek. Yes. (laughs) you You can
0: only kill Star Trek if you separate him from the host. Kurtzman Dax.
1: Yes. Oh, I was going to liken him to the Borg. He's just assimilated all of Star Trek and turned it into a soulless (laughs) piece of shit with no personality. Yeah. But it's not even
0: cool like that.
1: Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's depressing. The, the, the nice thing though, is that, uh, it's possible that the whole thing fails completely and someone else picks up the rights for cheap and does them correctly, you know, cause it seems Alex Kurtzman is really the villain behind this whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, I, and there was news like this week that Kathleen Kennedy got fired from all things, star Wars for her inability to not fuck up. Yeah. To rein uh, in JJ and, Abrams. Yeah. They, they, uh, uh, George Lucas, I guess is, has put together an edit of uh, rise of Skywalker that apparently is good. No. And he actually <laughs> like, Yeah, no. Yeah. He, 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 he 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 all the stuff he said should be in it, they yeah. they did. They even got Adam Driver to come back to shoot a couple of quick things for it. I so is- it's possible to to it, all I'm saying is it's possible to correct the The error of something like you can steer I, uh, you know one of these ships back into the shipping lane. Well, all we need to do is get rid of Alex Kurtzman, let the whole thing crash and burn, and then start over again and pretend this garbage never happened.
1: Or Good come luck. up with an original idea?
0: Yeah. Well yeah. let me ask
2: you this. Uh, I don't know if I've asked you boys this before, but what is your stance on this talk that keeps creeping up and then going away and creeping up again of Tarantino? doing a r-rated star trek
0: it's stupid it'll never happen yeah
1: that's
0: not that's not gonna happen but it was in talks they were he you know he he had pitched an idea they um but but the thing is he's also said he's only gonna make 10 movies and a lot of people including the studio would be pissed if he threw away one of you know his last movies i guess on star trek (laughs) yeah Uh, but but, no the noah holly noah holly is that how you say it the the guy who makes legion and And fargo Fargo, yeah he actually got signed to write and direct the uh star trek four uh it was put on hold though because of covid not just because of you know the disease but here was his idea uh the the crew the enterprise goes back in time to the uh uh early, early 21st century where there's a pandemic that's wiping out the people and they need to save them. This was before oh, COVID weird. came out. God, yeah. I just
1: saw a trailer for a, sh- a new show that's coming out um, like this year and the, the premise of it is yeah, huge pandemic is fucking up shit and and, and they've got to like it's called Utopia. Okay. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime is putting this thing out. It's got like uh, Rain Wilson in it and John Cusack. And it's a series about a deadly pandemic and how they're going to stop it with violence somehow. And I'm just like, this <laughs> That's is a great the idea. Most, like, if I'm going to punch that that
0: plague in the face, I'm going to yeah. kick it in the dick.
1: Yeah. Oh, it looks—it <laughs> looks like the uh, absolute worst possible timing for this thing. Yeah, yeah. But you
0: oh, I've, actually thinking, I, I've actually been thinking—I've actually been thinking this—this this whole COVID nineteen thing is almost exactly the setup for the TV show Last Man on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it could be.
2: It could be. Uh,
0: so right. that's uh, them. Them's are my Star Trek facts uh, that I, I have found through lazy, lazy YouTube research. But a lot of things in there that I that blew my mind too about, it, particularly about the licensing, uh, and the fact that the only reason they ever brought Star Trek back was they wanted to get some of that sweet, sweet merchandising.
2: Yeah, the filthy lucre. That's what which it's... they didn't pull off secure. Yeah, <laughs> well, merchandising. I, I do they're... I do gotta th- to thank you, Eric, because uh, I did learn some things. I didn't care. I still don't, but. It's, i learned
1: yeah, something well, yeah that's how welcome QuickBank to the works. magnificently
0: <laughs> huge podcast chris where you can listen every week on itunes or wherever you listen to uh, podcasts because if you're yeah. listening to it right now you know where you got it you can yeah. write us at mag huge on twitter chris if you want to learn what more was, about i'm gonna Star write Trek. that down mag huge on uh-huh. twitter okay yeah or, or 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 magnificently huge on the Facebooks okay. uh, magnificently huge at gmail.com if you're old school and you want to email us yeah uh, yeah did okay. and and if you if you if you if you listen to us on iTunes don't 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 click the like button smash the like button smash <laughs> that like button and smash give us it. give us eight stars they lo- let
2: you do that if you uh you do the right key code He's combination acid, hard enough. Yeah it's like upright upright star triangle x and then you can give right. us eight stars <laughs> Yeah